Hi, I'm Anthony Mindel. Welcome to In The Moment, a podcast on acting, art, and life. In this series, I'm talking to AMAW alumni, students, and clients about the challenges of acting and the joys of creating in the 21st century. For more information, go to anthonymindel.com, or you can also find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. I hope you enjoy. Today, Tony speaks with Greg Beckers, owner of talent management company Apollo Management. They discuss the global effect on the business of acting during the coronavirus outbreak and how it's dramatically changing the life of an artist. They discuss who we are beyond acting as humans in 2020, working our way through a pandemic. Okay. All right. So let's let's start this. Um, hello, everyone. Welcome to uh, In the Moment podcast with my... You're my first host, although we're still in COVID, guest, <laughs> the awesome manager of Apollo Management, owner of Apollo Management, Greg Becker. This is where I push the button and you get your applause. Like after <laughs> I'm hearing death. it. I'm hearing your applause. Thank you. Glad to be so, here. I'm glad, yeah, to, be, glad my, to be your first, first COVID. You're my first, so don't <laughs> let the audience down. I'm just kidding. No pressure. Um, so, Greg, it's good to see you. We haven't, um, full disclosure, Greg and I have never met before, so we're going to get to know each other yep. in this talk as well, which is awesome, which is part of the fun of podcasts, getting to know someone. And we're doing this via Zoom, and um, yeah, July 15th, we're in the middle of summer already. Holy yeah, hell, who would have thought right? it? I remember when this, this uh, corona started, I remember the, when it felt real to me was when the NBA canceled the season. Then I, for some reason that made it real. Before that, I was like, oh, "It's probably not that serious." And all of a sudden, NBA canceled. I was like, "Oh, damn! This is serious." This is serious. And right? then, and then I was like, oh, "Probably two, three weeks, and we'll be okay." And here we are, yeah, four months later. So, yeah, and like, look, the baseball season, possibly football season, the yeah. tennis season. You know, for, I'm a, I'm a huge tennis are, fan. So you're a huge tennis fan. Huge yeah. tennis fan. Yeah, me yeah. too. I went to the U.S. Open last year. It was really fun. And, oh, did you? Yeah. Who'd you see? Uh, I got to see uh, Venus Williams play. Oh, nice! She lost, unfortunately, but but whatever. I'm always like, whoever wins, you know, like you, whoever wins, it's awesome. You know, just playing, I bet it's super fun. Do you play? I, I do play. I'm pleased. Not like that, but <laughs> <laughs> I would lose six zero six zero to probably the worst person on the tour. <laughs> um, so yeah, so here we are, and you know, I'm sure the burning question that I've, I've been, I have online classes, obviously, and I've done a lot of Zoom. Uh, I've had some Zoom um, interviews that we've then converted into podcasts, but this all happened like right at the start of it. But, you know, I'm sure the first question a lot of actors have is like, what's going to happen? Or how do you, and I know you're not like a fortune teller, but like, what do you, well, we could talk about, let's talk first about your company and then maybe we'll go to that question first and then we'll. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, it's a talent management company, so around now we have about 50 clients, and I have about two other managers working for me. Uh, so I started it seven years ago, so I'll just give you like a little bit of the rundown because I think it's a little different than how most people get started. Um, when I originally came to LA, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Okay. So I, I drove out here with my brother. He was a, he wanted to be an actor. So he's always known that. He's known that since like I feel like a lot of actors have known since they're like ten years old, or you know. And he's like always performing and doing impressions. And he's like, I wanted to be an actor. And I was like, I don't know what I want to do to be honest. So like I was like, okay, let's just go to L.A. That sounds fun, you know. So so we drove out here, <laughs> yeah. and I had no real plan at the time. Uh, and then 
it was probably about a year, year and a half into living in LA that it, I saw my brother, he had representation, like an agent, he had a manager. And I was looking at how it was going and I was just like, I feel like I can do better than that. Like at the time I had another company that I had started, but it, my heart wasn't in that at all. Like it was something I was doing basically for money to pay bills. You know what I mean? And it was a car company, and um, which sounds a lot more interesting than it was. And uh, <laughs> uh, so, so then I thought, I told him, I was like, okay, let's, uh, I can just start a company and I'll do this. Can't be that hard. You know, it was harder than I thought, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like anything, you yeah. know? So it was actually, it was hard to start because it's kind of a catch 22. You need like all these recommendations. You need to get on breakdowns. And if you don't know anyone originally, like it's, it's tough to get going. So I finally figured out my way after a couple of months to get that going, got on there met more actors and then slowly built it. And then now it's turned into 50 actors. We have series reg on the roster that that's going to season two now, a bunch of guest stars. Uh, so now it's going really well, but I will say it took a lot longer than I was expecting, like most things. And yeah. sometimes it's almost better not to know how hard something's gonna be before just diving in and figuring it out on the way. Oh yeah, you so, wouldn't do it. <laughs> no, you you wouldn't do it because you would be like, damn, that's a lot of work for like for taking that long. But you you know, it's it's almost good to have a little bit of naivete. Yeah, of course. You know, and just but also go kudos. In. You know, I was gonna say kudos to you because if you've had a business that's run like five years, I think three years is the first test, and then after five years, you know, like that's really successful, and you know we'll see what happens with COVID, right? Like for a lot of companies, there's a lot of change and uh, that kind of leads me to the next question, I guess. But I mean, that's awesome. Like to start from nothing. And, and also I think maybe like people do have a naivete about the business because it seems maybe easy because like, it's like with actors, right? Like you, you look at, you just see TV programs or you see the Hollywood uh, glamorized version yeah. of the business <laughs> and you think, oh, that's what it's going to be like. And then you're like, what? <laughs> it's like not so glamorous. I mean, it's no. fun and yeah. it's super, you know, it's super fun and exciting and inspiring. And when you're in the right, plugged into the right community, it, it is really artistic, but but it's work. I think people forget it's like work. Yeah, well, like, you know, like anything, you know. there's more of a grind to it than, than people think. But yeah. I will say it is fun. You know what I mean? Like I like the industry. I'm, I'm obviously a huge movie and TV guy, but I'm also really close to a lot of my clients. So that helps me a lot. Like honestly, like four or five of my best friends that I hang out with like every week are also my clients. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's like, which I think for a manager is, is a good thing. You know, in a manager you want to, it's a lot more personal because in general, how I see the difference is as a manager, you want to look at their whole career. And when I enter into a partnership, almost like a relationship, you, I look at it like, Oh, this is going to go to full career, you know, why I'll start that. Whereas an agent, I think sometimes that, that can be a little bit different, you know, yeah. the, the relationship's a little bit different. I know it's not as personal a lot of times, but honestly, as a manager, you're, you're almost a part-time therapist sometimes, you know? Well, is that why you wanted to pursue managing rather than like starting the agent track? Right? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what interested me way more. Yeah. Um, so I, like, I, I'm more like, I want to be on the side of the, like, not that there's sides, but as a manager, no, you're I really on the side of the actors. Like you're yeah. really their biggest proponent. Like you're really trying to make all the decisions for them. Where sometimes as an agent, you're more the middle person 
and you have to appease the studio, you have to appease your, your huge agency that's probably owned by some hedge fund, you know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah, I always joke like an oil company, like right. they're always, you know what I mean? It's owned by like General Electric, or right. I mean, it's crazy. And right? I, I, know, yeah. I know a bunch of really great agents that are just really good people and also like want the best for their clients. But like, it is at the bottom line. They're a company that looks at their bottom line. They need to make money. They usually have investors, especially the top agencies. At this point, most of them are owned by hedge funds, so they need to make a profit. That that's the bottom line. So they're not. They're looking like, and which they should, in my opinion, like they're looking to book jobs. And get auditions they're not looking like what's your career look like in three years where do you want to go long term some do this is not all some do but in the majority of cases that's not really their job that's why there's a manager well that is a good point i mean i know we'll probably talk about that but it also is like sometimes i think actors in their desire to like work and maybe sometimes by the pressure of certain reps like they'll just take i remember i had a student she's she's been the lead on a series for five years now now it just got canceled right it just ran its course right yeah. but i'll never forget like maybe 10 years ago she it was like her first pilot season and she booked the lead in this or she was yeah she network tested for something she got offered the lead and she called me like total crisis because she was with a huge company her agents and her agents wanted her to do it right because yeah. it was like ka-ching ka-ching yeah, yeah. she's like She's like, Tony, I don't, it was bad. I won't say the name of, you know, but yeah. I don't know. The show is nobody's, well, I think people have probably heard of it. But anyway, like she just was like, I don't want to do it. And I was like, look, I can't give you advice. I think the best thing is to, you know, trust your heart and talk to your management team, you know, who have a long term path for you. Right. And yeah. sure enough, she turned it down. And then like a week later, then she got this other show that she's been on for, you know, and again, yes, it's not like, you know, it just, I think it also speaks to the team that, you know, an actor can sort of bring together, like somebody yeah. like you and a really good agent. And, but I think like Greg, my, my thing is, is I think a lot of things are changing anyway, right? Because big changes. even, yeah. even at the big, huge agencies prior to this, it was becoming less actor driven in the sense that, like you said, they're, they're being run by huge corporations. Right. So the, the actor aspect of those, the, the actor department isn't the big money making revenue? You know what I mean? No, they're, they're, they're getting in all these teams and, esports. Yeah, all yeah, stuff, yeah. It's know? like really like, crazy, yeah. right? So, but I've also seen like during COVID, I've had so many good friends who are agents at big companies or managers at big companies who've left and like are doing their own thing now, or have you know one left an eight, a big agency and now has gone to a management company. So I think there's a lot of people just like all human beings right now are using this time to sort of sit with what do I want my life to be about right. like and reassess. what's important. Yeah. Mm. Have so you, have what, you had a lot of that too? I, I feel like yeah. I had like a couple of ex- existential crises during this well, COVID. Well, of course it's normal. <laughs> I was just talking to my, a friend of mine who's a Vancouver, she's based in Vancouver and she's awesome and really successful, but she's like, I had a breakdown the other day yelling at my husband, like, why am I doing this? Why am I working in this industry? Like she just, and I was like, that's normal. It's totally normal. You know, like I think, I think the big thing is, is people really want to like actors, you know, show up and make a difference in the world and contribute and be in service in some way. And sometimes when we're going through a big upheaval, you know, you realize, I mean, you have the luxury of creating your own thing. So sometimes when you're creating your own thing, you're more creative and feel like you definitely are, 
making a difference more than maybe somebody who's a cog in the wheel. But it's, you know? it's funny. It, yes, normally, but not always. Like I'll see, I deal with the same things. Like I, that's why I was saying, like I feel like especially this COVID and Corona, it's happened so many times that you just start feeling like, oh, everything's at a standstill, life's at a standstill, things aren't moving forward. And, you know, as a human, you you, you want progress. Progress is yeah. one of the things that make you happy. You know, obviously, like, just being grateful for what you have and all that, of course. But also, progress is, like, something that's needed or else you just don't feel like your life's moving, you know? So that that happens that happens a lot for me, too, honestly. And, and it's, it's sometimes it's even more frustrating because you blame yourself when you're the owner or, or when you're the one running it because it is kind of in your control as much as it can be in your control, you know, but you also also blame yourself a lot where sometimes maybe if you're, if you're an employee, then at least like you're following the vision of the company. Right. Yeah. You know, so I can, I can see it going both ways a little bit there. Well, you're not the cause of COVID. So <laughs> <laughs> that we know. Of. <laughs> exactly. Yes. I mean, so what do you think, like, what have you been seeing with the business? Like what's changing for you and how you're working maybe, or, you well, know, it's, I've been surprised how slow it is still. Like I know they opened production officially back in June or that it was allowed to I know, open. but they're going to have to shut down again now because we're, Governor Newsom just, you know what I mean? Yeah, like it's probably going to have to shut down. And honestly, like I've been thinking a lot about that and how it's going to move forward. And I, I guess I just don't see how still this year it's going to get anywhere close to what a normal episodic season would be. Because even just thinking on it economically, it's not smart for a lot of these companies. If they can wait, why wouldn't they wait? Because the worst they could do is start their show or start a new show, whatever, spend all this money. All of a sudden, one person gets corona and all this was for nothing. And you just wasted yeah. a bunch of money. So I, I don't know. I, I, I see it's going faster than it's going now in the fall, but it's, I, I don't know. I don't see it going past 50%. I don't know. I'm hopeful, well, I was, but I don't know. I mean, I haven't talked to anybody on that side of it recently, but I was curious how they were going to handle like the insurance aspect of it because no insurance company is going to, you know, I mean, I guess it's just like I went to the dentist this morning and I signed a waiver, right? Like yeah. just... You know, people are having to take responsibility for their own well-being and they did a temperature check. And I think, you know, no insurance agent or nobody's going to bond uh, a movie or a, a TV series if they're going to be held liable for right. somebody getting sick. You know what I mean? So in a way, it kind of feels not like non-union work because it obviously will still be union. But like, I think these are real challenges moving forward. It, it is. Know? And I think one of the things that like some people, what some people are going to do, I think to get around and I, and I've already heard it's happening is they're just going to have people sign waivers, you right. know, and just, but then it's like, it gets dangerous like that, you know, because it's like, okay, now a person gets sick and then all other people get sick and all of a sudden all this stuff's happened. It, I don't know. It just seems really messy to me. Well, know? I mean, I have friends in Europe and obviously like we have schools, well, we have school in London, but that's not real. Like London is not doing very well either, but like, yeah. you know, certain countries, have resumed filming or like we have a school in Sydney and our Sydney school is reopened and one of our students there, she's one of the leads on a soap, uh, on an Aussie soap. Right. Yeah. And you know, it's business as usual, except, and in the soap land, I think they can get away with it. Cause you know, like they can measure six feet right. between actors yeah. and kind of <laughs> like stage it with the cross cutting so that yeah. it looks like they're in the same shot. You know what I mean? Or she was talking about like, some of her intimacy scenes, like when she's supposed to be in bed with her lover, like they'll just shoot her and then she's wrapped for the day mm. and then they'll shoot him That's and then, it will, then yeah. they'll cut it. So it looks like they're in bed together. You know what I mean? But you That's know, I think so these are the new, 
you know, it's interesting what you said too. Like in Europe, we're, we're on Spotlight too, so we we uh, we submit right, lots nice, of yeah. things. And I'm from Belgium originally. Oh so, wow! Yeah, okay, cool. so okay. uh, yeah, so I'm, I, I speak to my parents still, and they. I taught me. in Brussels. Did you? Yeah, a couple years ago. How'd you like it? I mean, I loved it. Like they all wanted me to come back, but I, I, I don't. I just was like, I don't. I cannot go everywhere. That when did you go? Did you go? Did you go summer? It was. I was at our London school, and then. Um, I'll have to get the name of the organization, a guy who might know him because it's a small world there, right? Small yeah, Belgium just a tiny country. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then he, they had been wanting me to come for some time, so yeah. I just came over and taught for the day. It was super fun, yeah. and uh, everybody was so nice, and yeah, I got yeah. to walk around Brussels for the day. You should, you should and go like, again. You have to go to Bruges. Bruges is, oh, really? uh, oh, yeah. is the most okay, beautiful yeah. part of Belgium. Like, I'm from Antwerp, so it's okay. like northeast from Brussels. Uh, but Bruges is the most beautiful. It's like a mini Venice. It's like the Venice of the North. It's really beautiful. Well, I love the movie in Bruges. Yeah, Never seen that. <laughs> yeah it's like that basically. Yeah. It's, okay, it's, wow. it's really nice. Belgium just, it's a beautiful country in the summer. Right. In the winter. I was there in the fall. Yeah. But it was nice. It was yeah. nice still. It was nice. You know what I mean? We have really terrible weather. That's the thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. We have like 10 months of rain, it feels like. But so. it was really charming, and like I just took the train over, and you know, it was like, like, like that. Did you have some um, waffles? I did, yeah, that's and lots of chocolate. I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> really, that's. I feel like every time I go, I'm not like a huge foodie, although I'm a huge chocolate person. But like, I'm I'm not a huge foodie. But when I'm in Europe or in Belgium, so one time I'm just like, yeah. like just eating <laughs> overboard, like everything. <laughs> so how is how's Belgium doing with? Corona, like, are they? Oh, uh, good, actually. Surprisingly yeah. good. I feel like Europe's really Europe gotten it got under it control. Even my dad lives in Spain now, so he uh, oh, wow. he okay. told he told me everything's pretty normal at the moment. Like, he says everything's open. They're not even wearing masks at restaurants, apparently, which I don't know how good of an idea that is. Um, but they're not barely wearing masks. So to me, it seems like they're getting back to normal. But they were super strict when things happened. They cut down borders. Belgium closed all its borders. Like they went pretty full, what they should have done. Yeah. Here, but yeah. right. Well, they had like most countries have a policy and they followed it, and now yeah. things have been flattened. Yeah, I mean, uh, we, we can talk uh, about that. Cause I, 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 could, I, know. I could talk about the philosophy <laughs> of like collective culture versus individualistic and pros and cons. I love philosophizing. I know. As but, European, like yeah. yes, I mean, I mean, I'm more socialist in nature anyway. But I, yeah. I'm like, you know, I think it's so. Well, yes, we can get political because. You know, but I, I just think, yes, this has been so mishandled and what a shame. But, yeah. you know, I also think it's been a blessing, right? Because because of Donald Trump winning the election, like so many of these upheaval and, you know, the social justice movement. And I think are really taking a stand on things that we, I think, have ignored. Climate right. policy is a disaster here. You know what I mean? Like really some things are coming to the um I think people are really talking about it in a way that is going to, you know, create change. So yeah, it's really all I, important. I, right? I do feel like there's good things that will come out of this and that are coming out of this. Some of it's like, like the movements of great. That's a really good thing. But I think even long-term, some things will be good. Like I think people, I think, I hope that people will also be more appreciative of the things that they have and all these little things that we take for granted now when we're basically not allowed to do almost anything. Yeah. You know? So You're more hopeful than I am with 
that part. Really? I don't know. So, yeah, yeah. I, I'd like to. I'd like to think that it's going to change something, maybe a little bit. You know, it's just a sh- little so. shift, not a big one eighty, but a little shift. Well, I think, like you know, I think Greg, you're right about that. I think again, artists. Not that artists and people in this business are better than anybody else, because you know, everybody's just a human being at the end of the day. But I do think, like artists are inclined to have these kind of conversations and you know the actors that i work with and the actors that you probably gravitate toward are empathetic and compassionate and are really interested in telling human stories and and you know i just but i look at like the political landscape of what's happened to america and that sometimes makes me feel like oh my gosh you know we have a long way to go but but again like everything is cyclical isn't it right like you know, it really is. And like, it repeats um, and it just, you know, and, and history keeps yeah. repeating. And it's like, I, I think there's going to be good things that come out of it. I think it's a turning point. But yeah, right now in the middle of it, it, it doesn't feel good. And like, you brought up the actors too. Like, I've talked to so many of my actors now, and I can't tell you like how many of just like, I mean, me too, but like, how many of have like anxiety and like, just like, um, oh, when is, when is work starting again? And like, what do I do? And blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's tough. It's a tough spot to be in. You know what I mean? Because there's so much uncertainty. And in general, people don't deal well with uncertainty. You yes, know? you're right. And, and right now, we're, we have the most uncertainty we've almost ever had as a society. So it's mental health becoming a really, I, in my opinion, it's always been a big deal. But it's really coming yeah. to the forefront now. Well, and I'm, I'm a big proponent yeah. of mental health. Like I know, yeah. I think you are as well because I've listened to your podcast. I've also, yeah. I also read an article actually, funny enough, of yours. Uh, I did some heavy stalking, but uh, okay. oh good, I'm yeah. glad I love stalkers. Yeah, 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 good. <laughs> <laughs> you like me then. <laughs> and uh, I, I read one of your articles, like I think it was four years ago on backstage, I think. And you talk, you were talking about meditation actually, which I'm a huge believer in. Well, I think like, you know, for me, yes, mental health, we should talk about that, right? And I think like I've been teaching meditation. I mean, I've been meditating for 20 years and, you know, it's still a practice. Sometimes some days is better than others, like going to the gym or anything, right? But but I have found like, you know, having a, a practice of awareness, whatever that is for someone, does start to give you... Um, a facility to be able to be a little bit less reactive about things or to see things from different perspectives or to move, you know, it was interesting that you talked about uncertainty, right? And like, I always like to, I've been saying this forever and I like to joke about it in class, like, because what I teach is that the, the truth, the true power of the actor and of the human being is to accept or surrender that it's all uncertainty all the time, right? right? That we put up constructs around being in control because we, everybody is scared. So like, if I feel like I'm in control, then I feel empowered or safe or whatever, but they're not real because we're living on a chunk of rock spinning in the middle of dark matter. You know what I mean? Like it's all uncertainty except the illusion. Oh, if I go to work or I can have a lot of money in my bank account, then I'm, I've got life by the balls. You know, it doesn't work that way. It's so interesting. That's it's so true because I won't get too deep into it because I don't want to get put into no, a dark I, I, place. No, my podcasts oh, okay, are deep. Okay, good. Well, th- I, I'm, I'm a big reader and, I, and I, I love philosophy and psychology and it's literally all the books that I read in my free time and oh, cool. my undergrad okay. major was philosophy. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So wait, what are, you re- like, what are you reading right now? Um, well, I'm reading – it's going to be funny. Like, <laughs> I'll tell you what it is but like don't okay. read too much into it yet. No, I won't judge it's, you. It's, uh, I'm reading this book, um, The New Rules for Marriage. 
Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> it's like, are you married? Are you I'm not. Married? That's why it's funny. I'm not. Okay, that is hilarious. Okay. <laughs> You're prepping for getting married. I mean, I'm in, I'm in a relationship now, but I guess I'm, I'm one of those. Does people. she want to get married? Yeah, I know she does, oh. but, but not anytime soon. Hopefully, she doesn't hear all this time. Okay, <laughs> not soon. But, you know, it's still early for that. But like, I guess I'm one of those people that like loves to read about almost everything in psychology and, and relationship psychology. I find super interesting because it's the one place that we get more vulnerable than we do with friends. We, more things get exposed than than they do in normal life. All these issues and insecurities that we have really come to the forefront. So I find it super interesting. But what you were saying about um, about the uncertainty, there's this other book that I read. It's really kind of a dark book, but it's called The Denial of Death. Oh, wow. Um, okay, yeah. And basically talks about that and that basically all the fears that we have around is are actually all just like denying that we're going right. to die. That's you know right. what I mean? And just protecting ourselves and thinking that we're protecting ourselves. Even like things like when people talk about legacy, which I'm not a huge believer in at all. And I kind of hate when people talk about that because like you're dead anyway. Like you're not going to be there to see it. That's right. <laughs> you know, so it's like and, and, and they're like motivated by that. And, and all this, it says all these are constructs we create to feel like we have some control, control. over the fact that we're going to die. You know, oh my God, Greg, I love that because like, yeah. you know, when I yes, I totally agree. And, you know, I think human beings are the only species that we know we're going to die because no other animal knows. They may have the fight or flight response, yeah, they but don't, they don't, they don't have, have the consciousness, yeah. right? But we're the only species that knows we're going to die, but we pretend like we're not. Like, let me just... <laughs> like, all <laughs> the stuff me, like, we do, it's so funny. Like, I and know. we all do it, but it's, it's, it's such a hard thing. It's a catch-22 almost because it's like, if you just focus on that, it'll get too deep into it. You know, I'm sure you've had it too when at night you're thinking about what's the point and blah, blah, blah. If you, if you stay there too long, it'll, it's also not healthy always, you know? Well, I, I think this speaks to a little bit of the mental health aspect of COVID. But what I was going to say, though, from a meditative standpoint, if you – early on in my meditation training, I did this. It sounds morose, but I was with my friend who taught me meditation. He's been meditating for like 40 years. And we were in Hawaii. I went to go visit him in Hawaii. And we did this meditation on death and dying, which a lot of Indian saints and gurus oh, have talked about. That in the Book of Joy. I read this in the Book of Joy, too. Oh, yeah, really? It by I mean, uh, different. the Dalai Lama. Yeah, I mean, yeah. different, like Tibetan Book of the Dead, like yeah. deals, there's a lot of different philosophies about it. So we, one night, we went to a graveyard, and I haven't told anybody this story in like, I don't know, I, I can't believe I'm even thinking this, and and we walked to this graveyard, and I lied down, and or laid down in the, like, in the knoll area there, by the graves, and I had to do a contemplation on my own death, and it, like, again, the fear of what I thought it would be and then what it actually became. And I think part of it is a daily practice of waking up to it's going to happen. So how do we live fully right now? You know what I mean? How do we, and this again speaks to what you're doing and the acting impulse of like expressing yourself and not overthinking it and giving yourself the permission and not leaving anything to chance. It's a much more exciting way to live and create. Right. And I think, I think, I think especially in the West, and Europe is probably similar, but I think because death and other aspects of of life that are uncomfortable in America, especially, we go underground with, right? Like, we don't want to talk about it. Like, the social justice movement is an example. The Black Lives Matter movement is right? Especially especially in America. Like, America America has a very, like, 
shame. It's puritanical. It's very sh- yeah, 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 puritanical. There you go. It's a lot yeah, of shame. Even like sex is such shame, a weird thing. Shame. Here. Yes, it's you shame. Know? It's shame yeah. based. That's the. It's it's because our our founding not fathers, maybe you know the stealers of you know America from the indigenous yeah. tribes really were pur- puritans. They came from England and that you know puritanism. So I think. Oh my god, I love this conversation. Yeah. I mean, we'll stay on task, but like, I think my, I think the listeners love this kind of stuff yeah, because honestly. we're actors and we're artists. Plus, it's, and these it's, are plus things... it's very timely. You know, I, I feel like this is the one time like collectively everyone thinks about this now. Like, what's what am I doing with my life? What do I want it to look like? What's important in my life? Because you have so much time now to think, and also kind of you're faced with your mortality because with all this in the news constantly and COVID and the chance that you could actually get it, and then all these horror stories then at least people are thinking more of their own mortality, where a lot of times you're running on autopilot and never thinking about it. Yes, that's true. But, I mean, I think this comes to the mental health aspect. I think the problem with the news media is it's so fear-based. It's super and it even, is even, yes, it's kind of dealing with death and mortality, but in such a fear-based way that you lose sight. I think it's like constantly living in this it promotes this fight or flightism that is not good for our mental health. No, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's almost like the, you know, yes, people are getting sick from COVID and yes, people are dying and we have to take it seriously. And yet that doesn't mean every single person who's listening to the news every day is going to get sick or die. And so it's, it's sort of like, how do we manage kind of the information that we're getting so that we protect our it, own well-being. It's so true. You know? And when I, when this all started back in March, I think the first two weeks I was just like everyone else checking the news a ton. And I just yeah. started getting so much anxiety it's and just lot. like feeling yeah. so negative. Honestly, I barely check the news anymore. Like I'll check like Yahoo or something, just read the headlines so I know what's up and like what's going on. But I'm definitely not watching news almost ever. Like it's just because at this point, you know what's going on. Yeah. You know, like, and sure, like, keep aware of the headlines so you know if there's some kind of breaking development or something, sure. But there's no reason for you to watch this for an hour or two unless you just love getting all this fear pumped into you, you know? Like, it's just not, it's just not healthy. There's no benefit to it. Yeah. Well, you know? so what are you telling your clients who are, you know, down on themselves about this just break we're having right now, this pause? It's tough. I mean, look, honestly, like, I'm also a big believer in sometimes people just need to connect with people and just talk and just talk about their problems and not have someone yeah. try to fix their things. Yeah. It's, it's, it's also like in that way, ther- I'm a huge believer in therapy as well. Therapy is, is a lot of that too. It's not always, it's like helping you find your own answers. And the best way to do that is to just actually empathize and just not be like, oh no, it's going to be fine. You're fine. Why are you sad? You're so, you, you have a good life. Why are you sad? That's not the way to do it. That doesn't help anyone. You know what I mean? So uh, when I talk to them, I like for, we just talk honestly, and I just. But when they actually ask, like, what's next? What's going to happen with the industry? And it's like honestly, I, at this point, I just tell them I don't know either anymore. You know what I mean? Like, but I'd say, look, just control what you can control for now. Accept that this is like a time that it's going to be slow, and and you know, and just work on things that you can. So just little things that they can do that doesn't take a lot of time. Like get your marketing materials in order now. You have so much time right now. You know, like your headshots. Make sure those are super on point. So when things get started, you're super ready to go. That you have a good self-tape set up. Because everything is moving to self-tape. Yeah, everything. And that might be for for a while. So like you have a really good self-tape so it doesn't look like with bad lighting and bad audio. Because then you're just killing your audition from the beginning. 
So like just get those things in order already, but that doesn't take much time. And outside of that, I just say like, look, also just explore other things that you enjoy. I'm also a big, as much as, I, as much as this is my career and acting is like a passion too, and it should be your main passion, you can also have other interests. Well, for sure. For a well-rounded person, you should have other interests. I also yeah. find it super, I'm going to kind of segue into a new thing, but like I also find it very boring when I meet actors and all they can talk about is acting. And it's like, when, if I take a meeting, I probably already like, like your look, I already like your reel, or else we wouldn't be having a meeting. So I'm already in, into your acting. And I want to hear like your goals and your plans, like that standard conversation. But like, I also just want to see what you're like as a human being, like someone that I actually want to work with. Like everyone that I work with at this point are people that I like. That's why so many of them are my friends, because I enjoy talking to them. I don't want to work with people that I don't like talking to. So it's just like, just develop yourself as a person. And I've had a bunch of my actors now that I just recommend books. And they, so many of them have been reading so much. And like, nothing to do with acting. Like, The Book of Joy is a good one, that, which is all these meditations and the Dalai Lama's life. Um, and all these like psychology books. Basically, all this self-development stuff. Right. Which is kind of a perfect time to do it right now, you know? For sure. And every, every actor has kind of like done their own journey and had their own things come up. And I've had so many tell me like, oh, wow, it's been so tough what it's brought up and things. But it's kind of like even now a lot of them are saying like it's been a really good thing, you know. And, well, and I, I, think, I don't want to yeah. negate like everything bad that's going on because obviously there's a lot of bad on it too. But I think there are things that are really good about this. Well, I think, you know, I mean we've talked about a lot of these things like realizing like we're not nearly as in control of things as we thought we were. And that, you know, we can hide behind like our credits or, you know, I think what this is showing a lot of people is who are you? besides the labels of how you define yourself, you know what I mean? Like you're more than just an actor, you know, as important acting may be to people whose livelihood is in the arts. We're not, you know, we're human beings. And like, there are other, and I also feel like how can you bring something really real and credible to, to your acting if you're not living a full life. Right. So I'm finding like, for a lot of people who've been struggling, it's it's really separating like my, their worth or my. I can speak for myself. Like my worth and my value is not dependent upon getting a casting director to say yes to me. You know what I mean? I'm so glad and, you say that too because oh it's, God, Greg, it's, it's so important. It's something that I, I you can and the thing is people but, can feel that. Like I can feel that from actors once in a while when oh my their gosh, identity the is tied. Yes, there you go. The desperateness. I can feel when it's so tied up to who they are. Yeah. I just feel it and just doesn't feel good, you know? Well, not, that's a, a journey, right? Feeling. Like in my yeah. in my 20s when I was acting a lot, like a lot of my – I was tied up in a lot of that. And I get it. That's part of what the early 20s are about. You know right. what I mean? So for people who are experiencing COVID right now in their early 20s at the beginning of their careers, this is a great opportunity to stop letting a job define you, yeah. you know? Because I also think the nature of the business has changed so much. And I've been teaching for 25 years and like it's just – jobs are going to come and go so quickly, you know, with the exception of a couple hit shows on Netflix that they keep like stranger things is one of them. And, uh, uh, the crown, right. Most of the shows they can after like two or three years, because to pay after that is so much more money and they don't want to do it. And they also Netflix is smart. They're like, well, we could just get another show with, other actors and like pay a baseline salary yeah, and, and Netflix, see, Netflix loves underpaying too. So. Well, but this is what I'm saying. But <laughs> I think yeah. the thing is, is so it's the churn and burn aspect of being an actor today yeah. is something that I think, and I think it's only going to get 
better, worse, whatever we want to call it. It's just going to keep changing, right? Yeah. And like, there are so many actors that I teach that are on shows and I haven't even heard of the shows. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. Or, and, and the thing is, I think that that's why it's so important. Like, it's important not to get too high and too low. That doesn't mean you don't get excited or you don't get sad. That, those are two different things. But like, I think sometimes people have it so tied up. So when they're a series reg, they're top of the world. They're like, oh my God, I'm God's gift acting. You know what I mean? But then all of a sudden the show ends and maybe they don't work. This is, and this has happened to one of my actors that he didn't work for a year after a having a series time. reg. Yeah. But mm-hmm. and when he was expecting, oh, I just did a series reg, work should be coming in quick. And it didn't. And it was really painful. But he learned so much from that. And now he's again a series reg. And now he's way more grateful this time around than the first time because now he realizes like oh damn like the industry can go so up and down you can be at the top and then boom right there or you, vice versa you can be yeah. not booking anything and then all of a sudden you yeah. get something it's, it's just like it's very unpredictable so you have to be very or at least learn how to be more okay with uncertainty to be honest it's, well it's like the harrison ford story and that was even a completely different yeah. you know time he was 37 years old and a carpenter like jesus yeah that's crazy. and then you know what i mean yeah. and like kind of quitting, not even going to pursue it anymore. And then he got Star Wars. Like, I mean, you know, this happens all the time in the business and like, obviously people just have to keep going. And I think, I think the thing is, and this is why a great manager helps them, right? Because a, a one, one job does not a career make. And I would even say nowadays, like two or three jobs does not a career make, you know what I mean? Because again, shows come and go so quickly and then you're back out into the, you know, casting offices again, you're back out hitting the pavement and you might, you know, you might be an uh, an actor who has more experience and credits under their belt. So they may be at a new level, but they're at the bottom, at the bottom of the new level. You know what I mean? It's, it's sort of like you're walking a ladder. And so tell us about like, so what do you, what would your guidance be as a manager for talent? In in what way? I mean, I know well. I mean, I know you have this thing called the Jerry Maguire approach. Yeah. So tell tell um tell our listeners. I, I well, I think one of the things that's different for us and and how I want to keep the company is that I always want to keep it small. You know what I mean? So so when I talk about like earlier about like not just making decisions purely based on money and your payday, which is very tempting because it's very tempting to take those short-term wins sometimes, but to actually always keep that long-term view. And for us, that also includes keeping the roster small. Money-wise, it would be smarter for me just to take a bunch of actors, throw them all against the wall, and then you know see what happens. You know what I mean? Because you'd make money quicker. But I don't think that's how you create a sustainable business. And you, you'll get some quick wins or some easy wins, but you won't create a long-term relationship you won't have as deep a relationship with your clients. So we have about 20, 25 clients per manager max. That's kind of where I want to keep it. And so we keep it small. So it's very personal attention and it's always focused on their long-term career. So when you talked earlier about the actress, I think it was, that was talking about getting the show and kind of her reps felt like maybe a little pressuring to want her to do that. Right. And and she eventually decided not to do it and, and went with her the right thing which was her that she really wanted and she got another show that she was excited about it seems like so and that that's a good learning lesson because i know for a fact how many times actors feel pressured by their reps and sometimes it's not even real pressure but they feel it right you know what i mean so that's why i think open communication is so key and that's why like the way that we think everything's a partnership and collaboration it's not us telling you what to do we're always just advising that's the max 
and, and it's also we're not working for you. We're a partnership. So we collaborate. So if there's an issue, anything, even if it's within our relationship, like you're not happy with something, it's better to just talk about that. Just like, funny enough, that marriage book that I talked about. But anyway, just yeah, like a right. marriage. It's like if there's issues, see, it all comes back. Key. That's right. <laughs> so it's like anything that comes up, even if it's uncomfortable to talk about, and I've had uncomfortable conversation especially because so many of my best friends are my clients so you can imagine if that doesn't get handled properly how 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 that could go bad because then you're like oh i don't want to say anything because he's also my best friend or oh he's my manager so no like my relationship with them is always like hey regardless i just want you to say what's up and and be very open communication and if i'm doing something that bothers you just talk about it even if i don't agree with it we'll talk about it you know what i mean same with you if i see something i don't like or like i think you should do better We'll talk about it, but I won't be like, hey, do this or else. Right. It's not ultimatums. It's Everything's a collaboration. Same with these role picking. If you have a role and you're like, I don't know if this is what I want to do, then we talk about it. And if we decide then, okay, let's not do it, then we don't do it. And then we move on. It's fine. It's same with like things when things like nudity come up in roles and stuff where everyone has different kind of levels in what they want to do and what they don't want to do. That's completely fine. You shouldn't feel pressure to do something. And speaking of that, I also want to mention this because I had someone tell me this story. So I want to make sure that especially actresses know this. When you're on set, you should never feel pressured to do more or do more nudity than you signed up for, A. But you should also be okay with telling them like what you are comfortable with and up to what and even to have it scripted out. Like I know because that's a really sensitive area and a lot of people are scared to not be team players but it's okay for you to stick up to yourself and be like, hey, this is what I'm comfortable doing. I don't want to do more than this. And I want to know exactly what's going to happen in this scene because this is sensitive. Like all these things well, are important. Yeah. I mean, well, they, this is why they also have reps. You call your reps and the reps need to immediately step up and step yep. in. You know what I mean? But I also think like most legitimate, uh, you know, again, I think it can be really questionable depending on the material or the show or whatever, but most legitimate uh, shows or movies have intimacy coaches now. So nobody's going to be it's, put into that kind it's of line funny of though because it still does happen because this story that I'm really? telling about wow. came from a, a big studio movie. Actually, they had like a budget of 20 something million. So it was like, and a they big had budget. an intimacy and coach. There was not. And, uh-huh. and I, the story I know from a girl from, from that movie and that Lily said like something uncomfortable happened and she felt like she, like shouldn't say anything and then like her manager wasn't completely like saying anything and it was just all very like she felt very uncomfortable and it like made her dislike the whole experience yeah you know so it still happens so that that's why i'm always like look always have very open communication always never feel like you have to be a quote-unquote team player no like you don't have to do that you know i think that 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 is changing a lot right you know what i mean like i think that people are really not being put in harm's way or if they are inadvertently or maybe even consciously i think the resources available to people to get out of that situation and not or maybe i'm speaking innocently you know what i mean because i'm sure just like anything in the world there's bad behaviors and bad tendencies but i think you know like the me too movement and the black lives matter movement. Like I think people are waking up to things that need to change, you know, inclusivity yeah, and, and, and diversity. That's, that's and really good. Like everyone's starting to change that. And it is starting to change in a very positive way. I think yeah. the one thing that, that is hard is sometimes if someone doesn't speak up, same with the relationship well, because, with an agent and a manager, like sometimes your rep can't read your mind, you know, 
And if, right, if you don't right. talk about whatever you're is even as small or as big as it is. And I think that's been my biggest learning lesson with, with actors in general is that there is a lot of fear around like, oh, I don't want to bother my rep or I don't want to say this or I don't want to get on their bad side. And honestly, if you're thinking those things, then maybe that relationship isn't right. You know, because if you're thinking those type of things, obviously there's not an open communication. Yeah, communication is key. I think it also speaks to, you know, actors sometimes realize when they're starting out, maybe they feel very powerless, right? And so right. all the more important a reminder to have somebody who's an advocate on their side, like yourself. Let's just, because just for time, let's yeah. let's just talk a little bit about um, like a smaller mansion company versus like, you know, one of the bigger, I have... I have students who are with smaller companies and I have yeah. people who are with bigger companies that sometimes feels like, you know, just throwing a noodle up against the wall. Yeah. See what sticks, you know? It's funny. I have, I have that exact same conversation with clients, even in terms of when we, when we're trying to get an agent or like setting them up with an agent. Sometimes people fall in love with a name, but the, yeah. really the most important is the actual rep that you have. The name is not as important because if you don't, if you don't have a rep that's really going to bat for you and really believes in you and you can, honestly feel that in a meeting normally like if, you, if you're paying attention you can feel when someone's legitimately wants you really bad yeah, or it's yeah. more like yeah i'll take you too and just see what happens you know so you really have to pay attention to that into the meeting that's why the meeting is important the meeting's more about that and i think it's also a good mindset for an actor to have is like you're not going to that meeting to to just like convince them to take you you're, you're going to that meeting to see if this is a fit because probably, especially if it's a manager relationship, this might be a long-term relationship. So you shouldn't be rushing that. Like you should really well, be going is, into it like that. That's such an important point because when I started out, I didn't realize like meetings were really also about me mm-hmm. asking them questions. And I think yes. it's really important for actors to, to realize like no matter where they are in their career, when you're taking meetings, it's not just about – it's 90-10, right? Or 85-15, whatever that whatever those numbers are, but like, you know, it's, it's really about a feedback loop of communication and how are you going to work together? What is, I think actors forget that they should be interviewing the manager or the agent just like, honestly, the rep, at least me, I like that. Like I like when they're asking me questions, Questions. you know what I mean? Because like even I've had some actors that all of a sudden start asking me about my background and where I came from and stuff. And I, I like that because that also makes me like them as a human being more because now they're taking an interest in me too. And they're taking like the full like person in instead of just like, oh, just trying to get auditions. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it is way more involved with that. Yeah. So when you, you talk to, uh, to get back to your question a little bit, like yeah, the big yeah. difference between big and small is you really – don't want to be as focused on the name as much as you want to focus on the individual rep. And that's why you see a lot of actors going with their rep when they leave an agency or a management company. That makes to me sense. You know what I mean? But you want to pay a lot of attention to that. Now, I would say in general, if we're going to talk generalities, if you're an actor that doesn't have that many credits, like maybe you have a couple of co-stars or you're just starting out, it's probably not great always to be with a big agency or a big management company because you will get lost. And, and I know many of the agencies that have taken people and then two, three months down the line, they just started forgetting about them because maybe they didn't book the first two months or they have no patience. So they're just like, oh, forget about that person. So it depends. You have to really like look at where you're at before you beca- to see where, what you're going to target. But I was also going to say, Greg, like what's important for actors to remember at a really big company is sometimes those agents or managers aren't neglecting the person uh, 
out of like purposefully. Yeah. They just are servicing their full time famous people. And I think actors don't realize how hard agents and managers work. Like you're lot. working your ass off. Yeah. And then imagine like somebody who has like, I mean, I, I don't, I'm so sort of like, I don't know how agents and managers do it because if they have like eight, huge clients let's say i mean that is a 24 7 job right like yeah. they're having to go to set or they're having to field offers or they're having to like there's so much so so sometimes i think actors take it personally and they're like well i'm at this big company and like they're never returning my phone calls or i'm not getting out but it isn't i think willfully done i think just no. it's just it's, it's just busyness. yeah and, and it's also just busyness like like yeah. you said like when you have all these clients like there's all that time that you're spending with just some of them on the phone or just That's meeting right. them in person or maybe they're just having an issue or maybe even having a confidence crisis, whatever it is. Or, and then you're helping them with headshots, you're helping with classes, you're basically involved in every aspect of their career. In addition to getting them auditions and doing the pitching and all that, so it, it's a lot. And so it makes sense, especially if you're an agency because an agency, one agent might have like 100 clients at some of these. Yeah. You yeah, know, so you got to think if, if economically, if you're that agent, you're going to focus on your top 20% because why wouldn't you? That wouldn't be smart not to, you know, and, and I think sometimes maybe sometimes actors in, in, in agencies think like, oh, I'm on their roster, so why don't I get as much attention? It's like because they're going to focus most of their attention where the money is. It, well, it's also, you know? yeah, I think it's also why they want to try to just get all their clients to work, right? Because yeah. working clients means less headaches and issues and more, you know, they can then put their focus on other things that they have to do. It's really not easy. I think like, I think people forget also clients of yours or clients have to keep remembering the answer also isn't just getting an agent or a manager because once you're with someone, you still have to hustle. Like you yes. cannot solve all the problems for every client. Like you're not, that's not what a rep is going to do, whether they're an agent or a manager, you know, yeah. I'm always advocating that Actors should intern somewhere, intern at a theater company, intern at an acting studio. Casting office, uh, too. Intern at yeah. a casting office, intern it's, at it's a management so, That office. part's so interesting that you said, too, because we just had on our podcast Carla Hula on, like, weeks ago. And, uh, and she, she's the one that did, like, Narcos and everything like that. Right, yeah. So she was talking about that she, one of the biggest tips that she gave was for actors to actually intern at the casting office. Yeah, and she no, says she's literally cast a bunch of her interns as even series regs. So that's just I've had that. Yeah. It just yeah, shows how important that is. Well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like it's also uh, up to an actor in, in that way to do everything that you can. Now that doesn't mean you have to go intern. Now, like that's the only way. It's not the only way, but it's it's a good it's a great thing. But it's also all the actors now. Yeah, all the actors just like all of a sudden, <laughs> all be like, Carla, like Carla gets like five hundred applications all of a sudden. It's like I'll work for you that's for hilarious. free. <laughs> Mary Vernu's office has like cast a lot of my students who have yeah. interned there yeah. and you know I think it's amazing but that doesn't mean but those people wanted to really learn and so that's why they interned and they were yeah. there for a long time before yeah. you know but it's like anything you just I to me it's like knowledge is power right like yeah. you know experience is ultimately the greatest aspect of knowledge because the more you do something and the more you're around something, the more you're going to understand how it really works and you take the personal out of it. And you're like, oh, you know, again, this is why it's, to me, because there's so many more auditions, because there's so many more shows, it's just so less personal. Not that it was ever personal. Right. It's just numbers, numbers, numbers. It's like super numbers. And, and the other thing that becomes really important is like, with, for example, the casting intern story is proximity. 
Like honestly, yeah. like this is such an overused term, but it, I don't call it networking, but having a lot of relationships That's right. is so important. But like, I think sometimes, especially actors, you get, they get very focused on short term, like wins and trying to get auditions. So when they, even when they network and have experienced this, when they network, it's very like what they're trying to get right now. And it's like, that's the wrong way to like build relationships. If anything, just get to know as many people and build deeper relationships instead of just like handing your card out everywhere that some people do. Right. You know, yeah. that, that doesn't achieve anything. So the best thing to do is just like, that's why the casting thing is also interesting because you're getting to know people in your industry. And in that way, like the more relationships you have in your industry, in some way that will pay off. You know, in some way, and, and even in just like mentally it will pay off because one of the most important things when we were talking about mental health is the people you surround yourself with, you know, because it's, it's a really tough industry. It's very up and down and you, you hear no a lot, a lot, you like for a living, you basically hear no, <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's tough. That can really mess with your psyche, psyche yeah, if you let it, really it can. you know, yeah, and, right. and it's almost no way it doesn't. The person that says, Ooh, rejection doesn't affect me. Yeah. That's, you must be a sociopath then. Because I was going to say, there's no, there's there's no examples reason. of sociopaths. Yeah, like there's yeah. no way it doesn't. You could be the mentally strongest, healthiest person that does therapy every week and yeah. you will still feel the effects of that. So it's good to have people that are also in the industry that are dealing with the same problems, not to fix anything, or but just to be able to talk to other people that are experiencing the same. Because if you hear other people experiencing the same as a human, you just feel better because you feel more understood. You know what I mean? So and it's, it's really key and I think not everyone takes that serious with the people that they surround yourself. They, they take serious their team. They're like, right. I know I need a good manager. I know I need a good agent. Fine. That's one part of it. But even your friends, like they don't necessarily have to be in the industry, but make sure you sound like you surround yourself with positive people that also are truthful. There's a difference. There's the people that are just cheerleaders and like everything you do is great. No, those aren't real friends. You know, the real friends are the ones that also have tough conversations with you. Like, hey, man, like you're not living up to your potential right now. Like this, this isn't it, you know, or like you're drinking too much or you're doing this or you're partying too much, whatever. Right. Like those ones, those are the valuable people to have in your life. The people that will tell you things that you're not comfortable with. Well, that's a good manager. It's also a good acting studio. Yeah. It's a good peer group. But uh, Greg, let's maybe end with like, what do you, I, I get asked a lot. How would you answer, you know, when an actor is like, do I need an agent mm-hmm. or a manager or when would I need a manager or why would I need a manager? Right. I mean, I'm obviously heavily biased here, but like, <laughs> yeah, well, sure. But <laughs> I, I think, I think in general, especially if you're to start your career, I think manager is always the way to go in the beginning. I think you need both ideally, you know what I mean? Cause there's, there's good things on both sides and also two P at this point, how LA is and how saturated it is. You almost need two I people so going you for you. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they get like 6,000 submissions for one co-star. So it's like the more people you have on your team, the better. Uh, and they'll, it'll also be different views. Like even pitching wise, if you have an agent, he might pitch you one way and your manager might pitch you for the same role a different way. And now you have two at bats. Now you have two ways that maybe you're getting in. And that's what you're looking for. You're just trying to get your foot in the door. But in the beginning, start with a manager because in general, if it's a good management company that's actually a management company, not a management company running as an agency, then they'll have a small client roster. And that's honestly, especially when you're developmental, you really need. An agency, you're just going to get lost because you're at the lowest of the totem pole. 
you know? Wait a minute, what do you mean a management company running as an agency? Well, there's, there's a bunch of management companies that have like 100 clients per, per manager. Like, I, I, I don't oh, consider that like so, how like, management like is. In, sorry, you yeah. just broke up there. So you mean more like in mentality as opposed to in, in reality. So they, right. they're more of like, they're a management company, but they, it's like, they have hundreds and hundreds of clients. Right. Got like, it. Okay. There's like yeah. a bunch of those, and, okay. and and that's the ones where they just throw stuff at the wall and see what happens. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, like, you just yeah. want to find a manager A that believes in you, but that also that has a small client roster, so that you A will get submitted a lot. If they have a small roster like ours, for example, there's no one that's not getting submitted a lot because there'd be no point for us to have them on the roster. Our roster is way too small for to not submit everyone, you know, as much as possible. So that's what you want to look for. And honestly, once you have a good manager, they will help you get an agent as well. They will help you get set up with an agent here in L.A. They'll help you get an agent in the Southeast. That's what we do, too. Like the Southeast is a huge market right now. And it's yeah. all self-tapes. So it's, you can be live in L.A. and have an agent there as well. So that's like all things that you can have a manager for that will help you like kind of get your whole team together. So I guess I like in my own bias, I see like more like the the manager more like more the captain of the whole ship you know what i mean that's like just saying like hey let's go this direction let's go this direction you know what i mean so that's kind of how i see it um i don't think i would ever really start with an agent you know to be honest especially if you're starting out you know well i often have actors who are with agents but then maybe feel like they're not getting the service they need you know, based on the things we've talked about here. And, and then I'm like, well, have you ever thought about a manager? Because a manager can also step in and communicate. Again, communication is a key, right? right? Like sometimes, you know, I think actors forget, again, it's like a living, breathing, changing relationship, just like yeah. love, just like a friendship, right? Our relationship with our parents, like whatever. And I think just because they get you, or you sign them, or they sign with CAA, whatever, it doesn't mean that they should not then talk to you for six months. You know, sometimes I think actors, I'm like, when's the last time you talked to your agent? They're like, three months ago. I'm like, no, like, you know, stay, stay. I don't want to bother you, bother you, everything. But, you know, really checking in and having a game plan and talking about things that you're working on or you're excited about. And I think actors sometimes just kind of, like, I don't know, they just they go zombified a little bit when it comes to reps, yeah. you know, yeah. but they forget it's a business. It's called show business. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And they can do the show and you're the business, but they still have to be integrated. Yeah. You know? And I think that's, that's key too. Like you also have to find out early on, like kind of what your rep sees you as yeah. so that you're yeah. on the same page. Because if you're on a completely different page, then it's, it, you're going to get very frustrated. You know what I mean? So make sure you're on the same page. Uh, but I, I think that's the best way to go about it, honestly. Is like I know a lot of people go to agencies first still because it's kind of an, an older way of thinking, in my opinion. But I think the best way to start is man because they'll actually help you also with your headshots. You know what I mean? Agents do a little bit but not that much. They'll actually set you up with the photographers that are good for you, the headshots that are right for your type because they're seeing the breakdowns. They're seeing what roles you're perfect for and what those headshots need to look like. And then yeah. even the real, what that needs to look like. So in the beginning, you need a lot of guidance. You know what I mean? You need to know what's right for basically getting you in the door because that's the whole point of your marketing materials is just to get you in the door. I mean, these are all really good points, Greg. I think it's, it is really about building a career, right, together, yeah. you know. 
Um, so Greg, what, I mean, how awesome to talk to you. Like where can actors find you? I mean, I don't, I mean, I'm sure you're, I, how do you want to do this? I don't want, I'm always yeah. telling actors, don't stalk any of my guests. <laughs> uh, you can actually stalk me a but, little bit. <laughs> yeah, because but we're also, yeah. but I just want to say before yeah. you answer, but, but I also think that actors, I'm joking about that sometimes. Yeah. Like, you know, when I have casting directors on, I don't want them to like mob the casting director. Yeah. But I think the other thing that actors forget is that we are in the business. It's a transactional business. And I don't mean that in a gross way. I just mean if I were to call you up and pitch someone to you, or if I were an actor, this is how the business works. Like everybody yeah. understands that there's nothing wrong with asking for help or reaching out or right. being like, "I hey, look at my stuff. And I think actors, again, how many times I've t- coached actors who like, you maybe go to a restaurant pre-COVID and there's a waiter or a waitress and you like their look and you start talking to them and you give them your card and then they never call you because they're like, well, I don't have my stuff together yet. And I was like, no, it's not, it's not about that. It's about, it's about creating relationships that even if today it's not happening, like you just said, it may not show up the way we think it's going to show up, but it's putting yourself out there. And I think, I just think this is a really important thing that I, I've realized throughout my career that the business is built this way. So don't be scared to make, I also also think it's so important in that regard to like also not look at it like you're not as much asking for something like you're helping too. like let's say you're pitching yourself or even if let's say you're pitching me someone that you really love you're not asking me anything if anything you're potentially helping me a lot you know what I mean because you're sending me someone that might be amazing and all of a sudden you're helping me so if anything you're helping you know what I mean I think I think sometimes people think that asking for something means that you're taking away from them Mm. asking can actually help them too you know what i mean so i I think it's just getting out of that mindset of like i'm taking something and honestly most people i've learned and and especially the higher you go and the more successful people they love giving and that's the biggest misconception is that like that people like stomp on people to get there or something i've found that most people the higher up they go that they're actually very giving people they're actually more giving than almost anyone else yeah, because that's true. how they got there. Yeah. yeah because you only no, get there by giving. Get, and then you give and they're reciprocating. And, and, it just, and also just, I also believe in energy. So the more giving that you are, the more it'll come back to you in some form. You know what I mean? Also, it's not a competition, right? Like your success does not mean my failure. Like we can all be successful. We can all, things unfold as they're supposed to on our own journeys. You know what I mean? So it takes the whole, I think again, that's something that I'm always trying to get actors to understand is that it's not, you're not competing against anyone in the casting office. Your essence is completely different. Exactly. So it's just what a casting director is interested in. And what may not be a match for one casting director, you go into a different casting director on the next day and they think you're a star. You know what I mean? It's so subjective. It's so subjective. And it's like, that's why it's like, you can't get hung too hung up on it. You know, it's like almost better to just go and then forget because it's out of your control at that point. And honestly, like, it might have nothing to do with you. For all you know, they've already picked someone before you came in for the audition. They were yeah. just looking for backups. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right. So you just really don't yeah. know. So it's just like, just do the best that you can after. Just forget about it and move on. It has nothing to do with you. You know what I mean? Like it's so Greg, fun. if somebody... Sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, if somebody wants to uh, send you their stuff, what do you suggest? Uh, well, the best thing to do is to email me and it's, uh, it's maybe we can link it up at the bottom somewhere, Yeah, yeah. but for it's, sure. uh, it's Greg at Apollo dash management.com. Yeah. 
And then I also have Instagram. We have the company in my personal, which is at Greg Beckers and at the Apollo Management. Okay, yeah, we'll have all that. Yeah, in, uh, and we also have there. our podcast. I think the podcast, like, we're going to cross over as well. Yeah, yeah, we'll I'd love, yeah, love yeah, to have yeah. you on as well. Uh, okay, and, yeah, and, cool. And my, me and my brother do that one. That'd be, that'd be really fun. Oh, wow, okay. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a really fun one. So we do that too, and it's also just a good idea for them to check that out just because they'll also get a better feel for my philosophy and management and kind of how I work, you know, because I think I think it's it's the reason I kind of started that is because of that. It's kind of to help mm. the brand or, like, to help the company because now instead of me just saying things, you can listen to all these interviews and get a real feel for how I think and like what I'm about, and that way you know way more about me than uh, before we meet. I, I, I feel like especially in, in entertainment, there's so much mystery and, and trying to be mysterious and not be open, and all these like agencies and management companies don't share anything about themselves, and they have like websites that are just like their contact info, and it's just like, I, I've never understood that, and so I've just been like, why not be as transparent and as open as possible, and then you know, either they love you or they don't, you know, simple as that. So, yes, I love it. It's so 1990s, I think, but I think these things are changing, you know what I mean? And and transparency is important and getting to know, like, I mean, I'm, I'm super inspired by our conversation and it's like, even if uh, one of the actors who might be listening to this, it's not, it's not a match. You still get information from you, which has been really helpful and inspiring. And, and that's what it's about. Right. Like, so, um, well, okay, so uh, I just want to thank you for being here. I appreciate and you uh, bringing me being on. Being so down to earth and <laughs> accessible. Yeah, I appreciate you going to visit my country in Belgium. Oh, yeah, <laughs> for know sure. About the managers that. I met in my day were kind of like, yeah, uh-huh. like what you said, mis- shrouded in mystery, and I had to yeah. sit on a couch where I was I shrunk, and they, they would like rise above me. I yeah, mean, yeah, there's yeah. all these mind fuck games that were played, yeah. and. I think it's totally refreshing to see people who are like, yeah, let's just talk and get to know each other. And yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's the way moving forward. I think you're right. Like all that stuff is so nineties and just like doing this mysterious power play type stuff. It's just like, just be whatever you are, whoever you are, put that out there and then you'll get, you'll attract people that you want and you'll reject people that you don't want. You know, that's right. Yeah. Well, Greg, thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me on. For more information, visit anthonymindel.com slash events for worldwide classes.